Hello, and welcome to Label Sessions Presents. Label Sessions is a global platform that connects you to the best advice for the most interesting people, whether you want advice, mentoring, or ideas. I'm Josh Nixon, content producer for Label Sessions, and in this episode, Ian Montgomery of Label Sessions talks to Mariella Spawn. Mariella is a culture and communication leader, previously the CEO and founder of startup RealRef, and now an internal entrepreneur at Santander, Argentina, leading the charge there in strategy and customer experience. She is key to generating a new internal culture at one of Europe's biggest banks. Over to Mariella and Ian. Mariella, thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk with me today. Can you just tell our audience a little bit about you, Mariella, some of your background and um, what you think makes yourself interesting? My name is Mariela Sporn. I'm from Argentina, from Buenos Aires. I, I live here, I, but I'm all the time around the world with my mind and with, with all the networking that, that I'm doing all the time. So I'm part here, part around the world, working and, and doing business. So, well, in, on one side, you know, I'm the head of culture and communications at Santander Bank, that is one of the leaders' banks in Argentina and also worldwide. And on the other on the other side, I have my own consultant, um, consultant business, uh, where I work with this um, combination between employee experience and customer experience that it's really important nowadays to be conscious that they are not two different things, but they are two parts of the same coin, like the, the two faces of the coin. So, well, uh, from from the consultancy, what we also work is also on artificial intelligence that we are helping companies in, in like um, when you have the service that every company is doing for like to understand their employees and also companies are having all the time in service to understand their clients with ENPS employees with NPS clients. And what we are doing is analyzing all, all text content that generally it's difficult to, to read because you don't have enough time and all resources are, are limited. So what we are doing is using machine learning and the, and the, and being helped by technology to know what are the pain points that are having our employees and our clients rapidly because sometimes there are companies that they have 100 chains and it's difficult to read all what our employees are saying or or clients are giving their feedback uh, in real time so we are doing um, this analysis that enables all companies and all and and all um, also di- uh, HR directors and also marketing directors to have in in real time information to to make decisions because sometimes what usually is happening is that they decide from from their computer but they read 10, 10 comments but what is important is to read all of them but as people uh, are all the time of course running and rushing and taking decisions uh, in 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 meetings what we are doing is helping them getting to know also emotions by an- analyzing all the text, you get to know what are the pain points, what are also the the things that you have to potentiate to have the synergy between the different problems. And also uh, in one text, sometimes you have more than one problem or more or one poor problem and one thing that they are saying that is something they would they would try they would need to be potentiated. So on that side, we have both parts. 
the emotions of clients and employees and also all the information about the pain points and well the the value proposition that they need to potentiate and how do you balance this world of consulting side and like job side how do you how do you how do you keep those plates spinning it's difficult but from the moment uh, Santander got to know me they they contacted me because I was on on like outside of companies I was with my own venture that it was called real rep that was a glass door but a, a Latin America glass door without getting to know at that point that glass door existed I was deciding between two job opportunities and at what point both uh, HR managers told me I was chosen. I, I was chosen, and I told one of my sisters that she she works in HR. I told her like, isn't isn't there a website where I can put like both names of companies that are offering me the job and to decide according to what employee like former and current employees are saying? And she told me like, I think like this is twelve years ago, twelve, yeah, thirteen years ago. She told me like, no, I think it doesn't exist. So I started doing uh, all the research by putting some words that afterwards I realized that they weren't the keywords because I, I put something, uh, I, I recall that in, in Google, I put something like um, references of companies and nothing appeared. And when I was looking for a CTO, uh, one person told me this this is one of the CTOs, like the, the CTO that I interviewed. Uh, he told me, I, I lived in the U.S. and what you are doing is Glassdoor. I, I told him like, what? And I put Glassdoor <laughs> and I was like exactly the same thing. Uh, <laughs> at that point, I already had like my my framework, mockups and everything. But then I understood that that was like the, the way of working. So we started to to put things similar to, to Glassdoor. I contacted them and everything. And I was with the with the startup almost like four years. Um, it had like upside downs as every startup. Uh, the best thing was that every company uh, wanted to be there to read the information. But the difficult part was that they didn't want to to be like the business model was to have a profile, a company profile with their job openings. And their pictures, everything, gallery, etc. But they were afraid of posting on a place where they didn't have a idea of what employees and former employees were saying. So they wanted to read everything, but they didn't want to invest money on a place where they didn't have the control of that. So at that moment, well, I was I also talked at ZX with with the venture. I was chosen for for a program uh, that is called Wildlife. Uh, it's called Young Leaders of America's Initiative. Uh, I was chosen to to be in the U.S. working there for almost a month. So it had like that part, but also the difficult part about uh, the, the startup was companies that were afraid and also employees that also wanted to read uh, all, the, all the content to decide better, but they were afraid of posting uh, and also as it was 13 years ago, we all we only had Facebook and companies at that time wanted to erase every bad comment that they received in Facebook. So imagine in another website that they didn't know and and everything. So it was like a, a, a great experience, but also difficult on that side. 
and my company, Santander, they was one of the ones that I, I knocked at the door and I was all the time saying like, you had to be here and everything. And the, um, the person that, that contacted me, she, she was in charge of a department that is a training and chef and change management. And she told me, I want, I, I wanted to advertise in real rep all the time, but my director uh, didn't allow me because he was more traditional and he was more, more um, like he, he wanted to be in great place to work and he was like more old fashioned. And she told me, I want you to innovate as you did for your venture, but for us. So I started already as an entrepreneur. So they, they got to know me <laughs> in that way. Yeah. It was the already uh, like a position to innovate for HR. In terms of like in what in your role now as um, head of culture and communications and strategy, like at Santander in Argentina, um, how do you evolve that internal culture? Like banks all around the world can be quite challenging places to to change culture and fight through the this is the way that we've always done it. How do you do that um, in your role that? in Santander. Yeah, it's a huge challenge. They uh, some time ago after after I spoken in TEDx, I had another um I was speak I was uh, invited as speaker at a conference that was to talk about uh, our past ventures. Uh, and one of the the coordinators he asked me like uh, multinational so, uh, entrepreneur multinational how 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 would you have done that <laughs> uh, and i think that in my role nowadays i'm still that entrepreneur that that was outside the company so i'm all the time because i know that a bank also that it's really traditional uh, it's a, a huge challenge so what i'm doing all the time is to think out of the box to be all the time thinking what what has worked in another field for example, uh, some time ago we were, and, and in, in my role, what I'm doing is to change employees' mindset according to their, their, their position. But for example, I'm working with people that they are, they are having their clients in front of their desk. It's different from someone that eats all the time in finance or marketing and they are not dealing with daily problems from clients. But where we, what I'm all the time trying them to realize is that it doesn't matter if you have the person in front of you, the client in front of you or not. We are do, we are all working for the client. So it's a change of mindset also that like the phrase putting a, 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 the client in, in the center of the action is not just like a phrase. You have to be thinking all the time that what you are doing, it will impact the client. So what, uh, and, and first you have to, to work with employee experience that is to understand what are the, their pain points, understand uh, if they are recognized or not. Sometimes you want them to be the best employee at work, but you are not taking care of that employee. Like you don't know if they are dealing with, with uh, health problems, if, um, if it, uh, neither are taking the time to talk, to speak, to look at their eyes, if they are really worried about their own problems as leaders. And, and when the person comes to your desk or in a meeting and you're just thinking on, on the goal, but you are not asking like, how are you doing? How is your family doing? So um, sometimes it's, uh, 
it seems obvious, but leaders are sometimes forgetting all these uh, important parts, like recognition. Recognition is not just telling the person, um, like, you were great, but uh, in closed doors. It's important all the, like for all the team to be listening that that person did a great job. And for the person, it's really important to be recognizing public. Uh, sometimes leaders do the other way around, right? Like they started saying what it was wrong in public, but afterwards the good thing is it's um, taught uh, privately. So that kind of things um, also working um, to ha like working in, in really um, a psychological uh, health, health uh, environment, healthy environment, um, because also that's really important. Uh, you have to be taking care of, of leaders because they also absorb all, all the stress. So first you have to be thinking on how you are creating a good, a good environment and also life, life work balance. How is that uh, doing? If, uh, if leaders, uh, if they have good communication abilities, because sometimes they are leaders, but they are not good with, um, like communicating that to their team. So first working on that and also to start transmitting and communicating and giving trainings because everyone has to have the same uh, like basic language. For example, if you're talking about NPS because uh, employees journey nowadays are measured because of the NPS that for everyone that might not know is the net promoter score. That is the score that is the result of asking clients if they will recommend the company to a friend or a colleague after you have some t some kind of interaction. Could be the general interaction with the company or a specific interaction, like after I would call to the contact center. So uh, you have to start giving trainings because afterwards, if you start measuring someone or or, or having their their evaluation just because of a measure, but they don't even know what that measure means. Also, it's difficult for them to understand what they should do. So on one side, we are, I, I'm all the time working on trainings and those trainings, as I was mentioning the entrepreneur part, I try them to be as dynamic as possible. For example, one thing that I did some time ago was a viral a series of videos that they were inspired uh, in the movie, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, uh, that I love uh, romantic comedy movies. So what I did is a series of videos, like Netflix, uh, Netflix, like uh, series episodes. And the first episode was uh, how to lose a client in one phone call. So uh, it was a role playing, right? It was a, um, not a role play, but it was a, a video where uh, I first, I did a casting with employees that they were in each of the channels. So the ones that acted like actors and actresses. They were employees that they were on, on the phone or they were in, in social media. They were charge of social media. And first, like one step uh, back, I did a focus group with clients and with employees to understand what, what were the pain points, the most important, the most common um, errors that our employees were making uh, in relation to, atten to service, service attention. Like when, like if they if they were uh, respectful, uh, if they weren't paying attention, if they 
said that that was a problem of another channel. So they were trying to get rid of the problem. So I tried to capture like the most common uh, problem. And from that, I did a script. And when I, I hired a company to do all the filming. And after that, well, that, that viral went viral. That person that was there was like the famous girl that was uh, uh, acting and everyone wanted like to say hello to her. And after that, I did another episode that was how to lose a um, client um, in, a, in a chain that was uh, physical. Uh, and another one that was really important that was how to lose a client without even getting to know him. So it was for staff, general staff that they don't have the client in front of their desk. But what they are doing, they don't, sometimes they don't even get to know the client, but they, what they are doing impacts directly. For example, if I am in marketing and I upload something on our uh, website and I'm putting like great discounts, everything like with our credit card, you will have nowadays a discount in this shop. And you go to the shop and you put the credit card and you don't have the discount afterwards like if, like you will um start saying something to the person that is in the shop or then you will try to call the contact center and you will start saying like no this bank they are saying something like uh, never like that blah, blah blah so that person that is in the contact center should respond from what marketing did that maybe they they uploaded the information before the 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 benefit was already uh, accurate like already available so on the on that way like trying to show that everything is a chain so what you are doing will impact the client so in in different different type of contents and also i'm all the time checking what what is working in other social networks for example in this way, in this, for these videos, I've seen lots of YouTubers. So I try to get the essence of their videos, like the way they talk, the way they move and, and what they, they, what journey they do. And uh, taking this, like the NDA or the DNA of, uh, of, of videos, I did another type of video that they, uh, that they were, um, different like short parts of films and movies and one another another youtuber what well, was another employee <laughs> that we transformed it into a youtuber and he was getting some parts of films that, that i selected that i chosen that they were really obvious ways of um working with uh like for example one of the movies was um uh, the focus and there was a in, in, at the airport, uh, the um, the main character is trying to get into the plane, and the person is saying, "No, you have to wait." And he's alone. There's no one before him, but but the person at the front desk of the of the boarding for for like to board the plane, uh, she say, "No, you have to wait. We have still 15 minutes." But he's saying, "Like I'm the only one. I want to start the boarding." No, no, wait here. So, um, like uh, the person that is talking about the the movie, uh, he's showing all the 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 problems and how the client afterwards reacts because of the the way the employee is treating the client. So in that way, like the YouTubers where they are talking about a a, a play match or a, 
or, or a game and something like that, but talking about customer experience and how in a famous movie, how you can extract the important part and the, like the philosophy of customer experience. So I'm all the time trying to do that, like the getting to know what people uh, laugh about, like, retweet and comment and take that, like it, try to take that essence and bring it to companies. This podcast is brought to you by Label Sessions, the global platform that connects you to the best advice from the most interesting people. Around the world, we work with brands to connect their people to true leaders, just like the people you hear on this podcast, for live sessions of advice, mentoring, or sometimes to collaborate on ideas. To find out more, visit labelsessions.com and book in for a demo with our team. I love the sort of, you've made it fun. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a, people have this uh, um, assumption that, especially in a bank, yeah. when it comes to training, training ends up being a very formal, process-driven, yeah. like, I've seen training programs where it's go onto our intranet, click through some slides, do a quiz at the end, and it's so boring. When I when I started working at the company, I, I when when you were talking, I was recalling that I was uh, on my mind like the website that we used to have, and it was so boring that you have to give. We still have some of them that are um, mandatory that they come from different countries, and we should still do it that way. But I'm trying all the time to like to add gaming also like uh, the like the philosophy of adding gamification, I think uh, it, it doesn't apply for everything, but some days it's, it's really useful. Uh, I did another, uh, like um, an app, a mobile app, where I took all the content that was really boring and I transformed it into um, a game, um, an app. So you, ha you have to talent in, in the app, you have, you have to talent another department, another colleague, uh, so like to, to see who knew more about the information. So he had to read and well, the, it was like a game. So it wasn't just like have to read. And also the content was like, uh, in, it turned into different chunks and, and split it into small pieces of information. So the idea of like how we learn as kids, well, when we learn as kids, we, we learn from playing. Yes. And yet, when we become adults, we see play as a trivial thing. We don't see it as an actual important skill that we, we shouldn't forget. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And also, I am in the office, right? Like, uh, it's not something separately. Like, you can learn and play at the same time. And not play or play, just like apart from what you need. But if it's coherence and what you are doing has a strategy like first of all I'm always thinking that I haven't mentioned that before but the first stage is thinking on the goal and this and the like the the main uh, like the key measure like how we are going to measure the results like if it's um, by OPR or how we are going to measure this uh, if it's online we have lots of uh, ways of measuring so in that way, like you have to start by thinking that we are all the time thinking, well, I'm, I don't know if we, if we all, but I'm all the time thinking also when I'm working with clients on, on the other hand, uh, I'm all the time thinking that like not like there are different tools and they are not, oh, uh, 
the same tools for everything. So first you have to understand what's the need, what's the problem, what's going on, what they have tried before, because sometimes you are going to, to, to think on something that they already done. Maybe they've done it, but they didn't do it so well. So you have to, to, to see what they've done. Sometimes they say, no, we already done that. But when you start looking at that, the website is not responsive and, or the app is slow and it's horrible. It's not much friendly. So you have to start checking what they've done. So sometimes you can improve what you have and you doesn't like, you don't have to start doing all over again. In terms of like how this works in a bank as well, like a bank is often not constrained, but like there's, there's regulation, there's process, there's, there's things around that, that can get in the way or can be challenging to break through. How do you bridge the gap between changing culture in a fun, engaging and innovative way with the, 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 the stodgier regulation that exists around it? It's a great question. Yeah. I think that the answer is patience. <laughs> it's the, to be perseverance, like the perseverance and the patience, I think uh, they are, they are key and, and useful because if not, like you, you, like you, you get, you get, like get bored really fast, uh, because as you are mentioning, we have lots of regulations. For example, I'm, I'm recalling that when COVID started. Uh, we had every day another regulation and we were doing the frequent ask questions, our website uh, to say, well, when you get into the, um, or if you call, we will have, we are going to ask you this and that, uh, we are going to change this uh, because you are not going to go to the chain uh, for your security. Now you will have this. The other, like the, that was on Monday, on Tuesday, we had another way of working because the regulation uh, uh, was totally different. So it was, uh, we, we had to be changing, like at 3 p.m. was with something, at 5 p.m. we had another thing. So I think you have to be all the time changing on your own because you have to be like really flexible because if, if you are something structured and you say like, no, we are already this way, you are like, you, you are not in the best place. So nowadays, um, I, like some years ago, it was totally different because banks were doing all the same way things and they didn't have any competition at all. But nowadays uh, we have lots of ventures and different kind of structures that are trying to like to 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 get some part of the cake that banks already have nowadays and they are trying to get like little parts of the commercial uh, like the commercial objective and goal of bank uh, nowadays you have to be all the time adapting and changing and learning new things uh, to be ready to come like for the competition and also uh, that like on the market uh, context but also internally, as you have people that like they're used to being on the on the past area and era and uh, on the past, and sometimes um, they work just in one place and they are used to the old-fashioned uh, culture of fans. You have to be changing that culture and at the same time showing them new tools and dealing with. We have always like the early adopters, but we have a great 
part in the middle that they are used to doing things as they used to do it as they, as they were uh, already used to when they get in the in the bank maybe they started in the first uh, first position like the the like the basic uh, position and nowadays they they kept growing and nowadays they might be leaders but they don't have this this type of culture of thinking fast rapidly with the new with with UX or uh, thinking in design thinking so you have to be also training those groups to be sure that you can be moving because if not you have all the bureaucracy and you have inside also what you have already outside that is like all the mandatory things that the governments are imposing and you have to be uh, changing so it's it's not easy but i think that the the good thing is that as they were so traditional uh, you can be doing new things but of course you have to be all the time breaking breaking uh, walls and and things that um, sometimes uh, you might present something for example this kind of video that that's, that I told you at first one of the channel leaders uh, she told me like no maybe employees will feel that we are uh, laughing at, at them uh, they they won't like that and well I started like showing that we 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 are not just showing their words the mistakes but also we were uh, showing how to do things in the correct way so in the video we had like the mistakes but then it was a part where the protagonist uh, the girl uh, says what if we start doing things uh, correctly and it's like a rewind and the same things uh, are shown in a good way like the employees start paying at pay, like pays attention and well checks the information and everything so after that video another channel that the other channel uh, knocked at my door and said, said I want to do the same thing but at first it was difficult because they they are not used to trying new things sometimes it's like we have this content we are gonna send it in a mail and that's it uh, you have different type of leaders right but when you have the uh, structure leaders you have to be um, I think trying in MVPs like uh, start thinking like uh, like in the agile mode thinking well okay we are gonna start trying maybe in a group let's show this video to a group of 20 people and see their reaction and after that we are gonna show it to the whole department and after that well to the whole company so sometimes to be dealing with this type of uh, roles it's important for them to be to be trying uh, like in a lab <laughs> it changes infectious then though because you, you have one small piece of change and then it, it causes a reaction and then it grows as it, as it goes along. It's true. I think it's interesting as you touch on that. I guess you have you have different influence. In, historically in a bank, it would have been most people worked at a bank and stayed in that bank for much of their career. Exactly. But now people change careers more often. Uh, I imagine in Santander in Argentina, you get influence from Santander in the UK or in Spain or in other markets coming to you and likewise you go into them. And then the people that are coming and chipping away, like the startups, whether it's startups that maybe you partner with startups, but also startups that are competing with you, all these different influences mean that you can change in new ways. 
and that hopefully that ha- and that has an impact on the people that have been at the bank six months and come from elsewhere as well as the people who've been at the bank 16 years exactly they open their eyes it's like what are you asking and and you are all the time trying to to make them rethink what it was already established as a rule so sometimes they would say like no we like the typical phrase is we've done this like this for years we're not going to change that and you start like asking questions like but why you haven't changed this no, because we, you can't change this. You can't change it. Uh, but why? <laughs> like kids, like, but why? No, because um, you have a system that is already this way. And, but why we have this system? Like, who provides this system? So you start going like backwards. Um, like, but who is the, the, the supplier of this system? No, this, you cannot change this system. Well, and you have that kind of, of situation that, that maybe that person is um, is uh, in the at the bank like for third like is an employee with a thirty years um, like of like it's in the company like for twenty years or thirty because they started like really young and so sometimes happens this kind of uh, of things that uh, when someone from outside uh, starts coming and you have more. Uh, yeah, more more change uh, of the well of the environment. Help, I think it helps a lot because if you have stable people all the time, you don't have also new ideas and new. You have like new year, new year. If you think about, you've been at Santander now nine, nine or ten years, years yeah. something like that. I'm already old also. What advice would you give yourself nine years ago? Like, how, based upon the experience you've had, how would you reflect back and go, uh, "This is what I would tell." Night Mar- Mariella in 2013 or 2014 or whatever year it might have been. Yeah, when I I was uh, trying to to think like uh, all these years I changed um, from well I started working at HR I was there in the in this position that they like create for me that was uh, innovation for HR like specifically uh, thinking on technology like new technology and and innovation. And I started like changing, especially like in the training department. And then I started to being cross for like, I was like working for all, all the um, areas of HR, like recruitment, development, um, well, all the, the segments of HR. So all the verticals. So um, I was really focused and I was thinking like what I would say to Dan Marella. Uh, and I think it would be it would have been great um, to know more people uh, in the um, commercial part because I we were working afterwards. I realized that because nowadays I'm like in the heart of the of the bank because nowadays I'm working in customer experience and and we are all the time having this uh, this uh, head that like uh, dividing in two like with employees and with clients and nowadays I'm working with both parts like with both segments but at that time I was fo- too focused um, on our on our employees but I like at that point I didn't work with clients and I think it, it would have been great to be working with employees that worked with clients so I got like for example when I um, I worked uh, on this app 
I was all the time working on the content and on the UX and all that for the app, but maybe I I didn't have the chance or I I I haven't contact uh, contacted employees that were all the time in front of clients. So maybe I was working on an app and they didn't have enough time to be playing during their working hours because they were dealing with employees pro with clients pro. So I think that it's key that that's something that I'm all the time uh, advising that it's key to be thinking on who is going to use that tool, that, that application, that uh, that product, because sometimes you are too focused on the product, but you are not thinking on the user or who's going to use that. Uh, so it's key. And at that moment, I always, uh, I, I've been always working uh, with them. Um, with the developers, with the designers and this and that. But I think it's key like to be doing focus groups with, because we did a great campaign, a great communication campaign, like download the app and this and that. But it's important to have your, your like uh, your allies that are the ones that are gonna use the app. 100%. Like, I think it's like, it's very easy for, I think as designers, we can then go and forget who we're actually designing for. So we might be preaching, you need to think about your user, you need to think about your client, but sometimes we can forget that we're not necessarily thinking about the people that, yeah, I, okay, I get it. I'm in front of clients all day. Um, <laughs> you need to design something for me that's going to be a bit easier to to fit around my day. And like, I think there's... um. That's a, that's an easy it's an easy trap to fall exactly, into. Exactly because it it takes a lot of time to develop something, so you're like too trapped on that. Oh, um, this is I I could ask you so many more questions about about the, about your role at the bank, but we'll we'll save that for for future times. So we we normally wrap up these podcasts with um a few more like quick fire questions to like get to know you as a person uh, better as well. So I think the first one I'd love to ask you is in another life what might your career have been if it didn't take you down the path you've you've been that it's a good question um i think it, it would it would be like if if i started again or sometimes uh, i'm thinking that i could de- i could do that uh, also but when i started my uh, my studies uh, i thought i i would like when i before that, I was all the time thinking uh, on psych- like that I would be studying psychologist because my mother is psychologist, my, my oldest sister is psychologist. Um, so I was all the time thinking how how we think, uh, how is uh, our brain working all the time. And uh, when I thought about the degree course, like just and I want to study, uh, I thought it would be great like to have like an advisor all the time, uh, at, for example, movies and different um, different fields to have some specialists uh, on behavioral economics and, and those kind of things. At first I started with that, then all the behavioral economics and psychology started to, to be together. And I think it would be uh, to be working on like important problems uh, like poverty, like on these kind of things by knowing how people think because sometimes it's difficult and I think uh, it's something that it's not solved at all. Like when you go, for example, on the street and you see someone sleeping, how our brain 
like goes to to think on another thing and you don't see that it's also a human being and and you cannot like interact and sometimes it's because you're afraid or because it's already that we are used to it so in 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 a, in a, in a way of summarizing it would be something related to like working with uh, people that might be in the streets and uh, and dealing with uh, with big problems such as poverty and and um, people that might not have the same opportunities that I have um, and how to how to solve this problem I think that might be with with how our brain works like how can we com convince someone that it's important to help these uh, kind of groups that they are totally marginalized uh, our our daily life it's a totally different frame like it's funny how our brains sort of see that and then just go into a world that is totally different to who yeah there is we really can be there are some uh, viral videos uh, there was one that got, uh, got like lots of views uh, that it's a, a famous violinist that he's on the subway and he was going to perform in a really important theater and he wanted to try something different and he went to the subway and he started to play and for his own like uh, there were no more tickets for their for the theater and like uh, event but on the subway nobody was paying attention to him because he was a really bad dress so nobody cared about him was like someone that was playing on the playing the viol like on with the with the viol like he was a violinist there a beggar that plays the <laughs> the the play the rapper the rapper of it matters like the rapper of this is a this is a violinist in a in a 150-year-old beautiful concert hall wearing a tuxedo. Exactly. It could be the same violinist playing the same music on the same violin, but if he's wearing a hoodie and doing it on the subway, that, yeah. the way people perceive that music is totally different. Yeah, yeah. nobody sees him at all. So it was incredible because uh, when I saw the video, they were saying like there were no more tickets uh, and they were really expensive but there in at the subway like nobody was looking at him yeah it's interesting like he was invisible like those invisible jobs right like, well, well but in that case it was not a job but sometimes in another uh, in, an, in one conference that i went uh, i always uh, remember one part that the, the speaker said that she always uh, said uh, like she, she suggested us to do the same thing that she always says hello to the security guard of shops and things. So she says they are invisible. Like nobody sees that person and he's there or he, she's there. So that kind of things, right? Like the invisible people that they are there and nobody cares about them. And it makes a huge difference to their day and your day when you, when you put the effort in. That's, I think that's a, we, we all want to say we're the nice people that always do those things, but. I think almost universally we're not, but when we get it right, we feel really good. They feel good, and we, it's a, it's a, it's almost a reminder that you need to be given daily. Yeah, that that I'm I'm uh, when I was thinking on that, I was also associating that with recognition, right? Because sometimes at work, and you don't have to go like to the extreme part of thinking on burgers, but sometimes uh, when when I'm doing this uh, recognition program, that it's 
for employees from the entry level positions to like the most important one. We, we to every semester we, and I started that program, um, we started choosing people uh, because of their NPS and their sales. And uh, it's a Zoom where the CEO is there and the main leaders are there. And people are not used to that because uh, they thought one of, uh, of, the, of uh, on those experiences, it happened that one person was invited to that Zoom that was uh, the, the, the great, like the most valuable thing is that it's for, like to surprise them. So they don't know that they are going to be recognized by the CEO and like leaders. They are always, um, they are always told that they are going to go to a training that is really boring. So when they get inside, uh, they are really shocked because they are saying like, and it's really like, it's a small group that they are recognized. So once it happened that a person got inside and got into the Zoom and uh, he saw that the leader, the most, like the most important leader were there and he, <laughs> he went. He went out from the Zoom, like he closed the Zoom because he said, like, I'm confused. This Zoom wasn't for me. And we said, like, no, you have to go back. And then we told them, like, you're one of the recognized people and all that. And they are crying because they are saying, like, I'm here working and I never knew that someone was paying attention as, as the way I, I well, I, I talk to clients and we are always, like, saying what clients are saying so we read their comments and sometimes they are really emote like they are uh, really emotional uh, and they are saying for example uh, the person that, that my employee my like the cashier that i always see when i go it's already part of my family and one of the um the most like the leading cases was uh, a girl that was invited to the wedding of the client because she made like such a nice relationship that she was part of the wedding. So I was thinking on that, right? Sometimes we might think that they are invisible because they are maybe in another part of the of the company, but every person is important. So it's important for them to be sure that someone is seeing that. So where do you go to feed your brain? I feel like your other websites or magazines or books or videos, I feel like you get inspiration from different places. Uh, I'm so I'm really curious. So I don't have like one one place, but I'm all the time. Well, LinkedIn is a great place for me for inspiration. Uh, I I follow different people um, from different fields uh, in Instagram, uh, and I'm all the time like that. Like I'm sponge, <laughs> uh, like uh, seeing what like for example in LinkedIn. I don't know how many saves I have of posts of people. Uh, that I might see something that has nothing to do with 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 what they are posting, but I think like we can do this, but transform it in another way for employees. <laughs> so I'm all the time like that, like saving uh, posts for for later. For later. I, I mean, I love LinkedIn is a weird place, but like there's so much like good stuff on there. I think like there's a lot of just filtering it down to to get to the good stuff. And podcast also, uh, I like uh, one that it's for uh, for for employee uh, employee experience, and they talk also uh, about customer experience. Um, that they are two professors uh, at MIT, and also when I'm 
at the kitchen cooking. I have like podcasts on the back and I'm listening to them or at the car. I am also. I'm learning this is a thing of like people listen to podcasts while cooking. There's a def- there's a common theme across people who are on like le- who are part of label sessions who do this. Um, I'm definitely much like the podcast while like driving or like on a plane or public transit kind of guy. But like there's definitely there's so many people that do it while cooking. <laughs> and my, my last question for you, um, this is my favorite one, but like on a scale of one to ten, how weird are you? How weird? <laughs> I think it's like eight. Something like that. What makes you say eight? I think, um, like, I'm all the, I'm, I'm all the time, like, different from my groups. Like, for example, uh, I'm, like, too nerd. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are saying that I'm all the time, like, going to conferences and and reading and, well, the, on, on this way. And uh, once my friend, one of my friends, um, sent me something like a uh, firefighter talk and she told me like you might be interesting in this too and, uh, and I told her like no that, that's why I might not be like my interest but she was all the time like making fun of me because I was and also when I was with adventure I was like everywhere and I was giving conferences like everywhere too I like speaking and talking and like uh, I like the stage. Uh, well, I used to do the uh, stand up uh, some years ago. I did stand up. I had all my my monologue, and I went to bars. <laughs> uh, so I have like different things that might uh, convert me into. And also, I like like technology, communication, marketing, HR. Like when they try to define me, it's it's hard because I studied communications. Afterwards, I specialized in marketing. I like branding, all that. And I, I did like specializations on that. Afterwards, my master's degree is in innovation and technology. And I work at a bank, but I like entrepreneurs and everything related to, to startups. So it's like a mixture of different fields. Life would be boring if you could be put in a box. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. So totally. Um, I th- I think I think you I don't, I, I think you've uh, you've justified your eight out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I, yeah maybe I, I, after talking I think it might be nine, but I think it's okay for eight. Eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half. Cookie, yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today, Maria. It's I, I, I could talk to you all day, but um, it's. <laughs> It's lovely to hear the, about the story, and, I, and now we're going to have to go like find out about your stand-up. That, that no, it, it's not recorded, luckily. So concludes another episode of Label Sessions Presents. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast no matter your platform of choice. And of course, start your journey today with us at labelsessions.com.